Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Think Curiously podcast. This episode actually marks halfway point in season three. Where does time go? It's crazy how quickly it's flying by. Good news is though, around the corner is the end of most of the measures of lockdown and hopefully normality, whatever that means, will resume in the not too distant future. But before we start this podcast today, I want to give a shout out to Sean Smith and Emer's Wish, who with the support of the 12 Irish League football clubs are helping to raise awareness of stem cell donation. A conversation I think we can all agree isn't as prominent in today's society as it should be. Now, I'd urge you that after listening to this podcast, that you'd head over to Emer's Wish Facebook and Twitter pages and give them some support by following, sharing and retweeting. Now, this episode also marks a one month anniversary with our sponsor, Gareth Fox and his 12 week transformational performance support program, Backbone. Now, whether you're looking to improve your financial life, performance in your career, your relationships or even your health and lifestyle, Backbone can help you do that. And you can find out more information about the program by searching Garth Fox on Facebook and Instagram or by searching Backbone on Instagram, as well as his website, www.garth-fox.com forward slash Backbone. Now it's time to get started as we dive into this week's episode of the Think Curiously podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Think Curiously podcast. This week I am joined by Lee Chestnut. Lee runs a page on Facebook. Facebook called Mental Health by Lee, and I believe it's a catalogue of his story, but I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on that in more depth later on. So Lee, why don't you start off just by introducing who you are and what you do? Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me on, by the way. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, so I am still trying to figure out who I am, uh, so to speak, and I believe that we constantly are trying to figure out who we are. But for... For right now, I am somebody who has gone through some traumatic event and caused me to have a mental health breakdown. And on the light side of that, I have set up, uh, first of all, it was an Instagram page and uh, then ventured onto Facebook. Uh, I didn't go on Facebook because it was a massive trigger for myself. So... I just wanted to set it up because I wanted others wanted to help others not go through the hardship that I had to, and uh, also was getting threats on my personal page because uh, I was helping people and <sighs> they didn't really like what I had to say. Basically, uh, so I just needed to create a space for people to come and. Um, talk to me in a safe safe space and just be able to open up and accept uh, some help and guidance. And I think I have created that. And uh, now I'm qualified advocate, uh, mental health coach, a life coach. Uh, the list goes on, really. I didn't realize the list goes on. Uh, I'm at university. I have a clothing line business now. I have, oh, I'm a parent, a full-time dad. Uh, yeah. A lot of strings to your bow to juggle on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's weird that, because I never, I don't know how to put it, what I do in a bracket or a niche, people might call it, because I set out purposely not to fit into a niche, and I don't want to be like everybody else because it'd be pretty boring 
Yeah, I think there was a famous quote I read somewhere along the lines. It was something like, um, you've got to be yourself because everybody else is taken. Yeah. I don't know where oh, I read that one. <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> I'm <laughs> taking that myself. If, if that goes onto your face if that goes onto your Facebook page, I want copyrights over that. <laughs> I, uh, I'll do that tonight. So um so just take us back then, because uh, you said you started at the page, you know, because of whatever traumatic event and things that went through um that you went through maybe early in your life. So how did that kind of start and what was the snowball effect from there? So I started the page it was because I was that I was that tech and uh I was doing going back into education again and uh people would just sometimes people would just ask me for advice and at that stage you were asking you know I was quite I was very brutal brutally honest uh I was still going through a lot of mental health issues and and in her personal work it was usually a lot around uh men's perspective you know they were maybe they were having trouble with relationships and oh but why is he doing this or why is he doing that with me going through most of it i just told them what was what was happening and uh they didn't like it so they carried it back to their partners and uh their partners would end up sending me messages and threaten me uh for sticking their nose in whatever but I wasn't. I was just giving a friend absolutely men's, you know, advice why men do this and why men are doing this, this and this. And totally real, uh, real chat. And uh it got quite heavy onto onto myself and I would I would I would constantly meet up with my ex boss, you know, where I used to work and just have just offload chats and uh just sort of like we're doing now. And it came up that she was like, well, why don't you just create a space where people can come ask you any questions that they like, and you can still be the honest person that you are with your response. And that's up to them. If what they do, at least in a professional uh, aspect of all, there can be no backlash off, off Lee, just not, it was mental health by Lee. And uh, so it did after, being very anxious about it and plucked up the courage because I was like, nobody wants to listen to this. Like nobody does. Even I can't stand myself. And so after a few weeks, it was uh yeah, I set it up and we were talking, we were like, well, so what are you gonna call it? What are you gonna call it? Because I was very well on ultra healthy, I should say. My account, my personal account, reflected how I was feeling. So there was a lot of mental health pages. And I noticed that. I was like, they're all hidden. You wouldn't know that it's a mental health page unless you went into it. So I was like, you know what? Fuck that shit. I'm not all about that hiding. I'm all like in your face. All that's it. So I was like, it's just, that's just what it is. It's just mental health belly. It's it's nothing else but that. And that's what it is. So you don't hide behind any facade. Like your page is what it says. I mean, you can't second guess what mental health by Lee is because that's essentially what it is, right? Um, what I what I quite loved about that you, you just said there in terms of when people ask you for your opinion, you know, and then you give your opinion, and some people go and tell somebody else, and then they also then think that you put your nose in when actual fact all you were doing was just giving, you know, sort of friend advice, and I. That's something I think we all can fall into the trap of so many times. And you feel guilty, don't you? Sometimes you feel like, I, I shouldn't have said that. 
why did I bother? And then you realize, well, actually, they asked for my advice, so it's up to them how they portray it. I mean, yeah. You must get a lot of that because your page is now an open forum, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I share how I feel in a deal in a daily basis. Like it was very, very rare, very rare at the last year that there never hasn't been a story on my page. It's very rare that I am not on every day talking about how I feel or talking about some some something's annoyed me or whatever. And I don't pussy fit around it. Uh, it's to somebody's liking. It's not to somebody's liking. Three and a half thousand people. Jesus, to someone's liking. So, uh, I really told them about the man's perspective. I think seventy-five percent of my following is females. So, because I really, 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 genuinely would love to target men and get rid of the stigma. I have to sometimes remember that I am talking to females and hope that they pass the message on. But that's me being very smart right now. When I'm talking and emotionally talking, that's not gonna that's not coming across. I'm just coming across as literally how I feel that very minute. I'm not thinking, okay, I need to talk like this. I need to talk like this. I need to talk like this. So hopefully they do this, this, and this. No, do you know what? I just don't give a fuck. I feel like this, this, and this. And if you don't like it, do you know what? I don't give a shit. Yeah. But that's how it genuinely is. And that's my opinion. Have you always and had that have you always had that sort of way of thinking? Like I don't care what anybody else thinks, or has it been like no. a transition for you? Uh Scar, it's been a massive transition. Uh going straight from school, being bullied in school, never being outspoken. Do you know what? I actually was sorting out my house and I came across my record of achievement. And I just, you know what? I just thought, I'm going to read this. I am going to read what the teachers had to say about me because they said that I couldn't do certain GCSEs because I wasn't smart enough. They said that to my face. And I read it and it was all like, yeah, very quiet, very reserved. And I was, I, I knew that I was because I didn't want to be in the in the in the ring light, in the in the spotlight or anything like that. I didn't want to do that because I was scared in case I said the wrong answer because of my dyslexia. So I never wanted to perceive wrong. So I would just stay quiet. And uh I read it free and I thought, fuck if you could only see me now, you should be absolutely raging. Only if you took the time to nurture, you know, me and given me, been able to give me a voice, who knows what I had, could have been a lot younger, uh, younger age. So it sort of just progressed that I stay quiet and stay quiet. And then when I had the mental health breakdown, I had to learn how to, I had to, I genuinely had to learn how to live again because up to that stage with, with my mindset, it was like, okay, so everything that you've done now is wrong. That's what I believed that everything that I had done to that point was wrong because it led me that I wanted to kill myself. So I had to trust others and put trust into others that they were teaching me how to be a human and how to inter interact with other people again with getting rid of a lot of negative folk that were around me at the time i uh had had i had no no friends no nothing no nobody kids that was about it really a family and 
three being just honest, like like I like that's where the page started. I was like, I just have to be honest and then say, look, if you're not happy with my response, you know, please let me know. Because if you're not happy, then I know how to approach the situation again in the future and learn from it. So that sort of gathered, that energy sort of gathered people towards me. If because if you know what I mean, so that whole like crap your five crap your tribe and all that jazz if people people love that stuff but uh i had friends around me then were like lee look you can't do that i was like but why you can't do that so they clarified why you weren't able to do this you weren't able to do that like it's not socially acceptable this and it's not socially acceptable that like there's never there's no there's no such thing as a cue there's no law for to cue it's just been socially made it's a social not it's a non-social rule like we have to queue like if you were to go and jump in in front of a line and as there right now when there's 40 people nothing can be done about it nothing apart from your morals that's the only thing that stops you from jumping the queue is your morals that's it that's how you've been brought up there you could get the place and everything and nothing could be done because there's no law or anything against it so it was uh <laughs> you know, i did cut cues i did <laughs> and <laughs> unknown to myself i cut cues yeah. and uh they had to tell me like lee so they had to really explain situations and luckily enough for me they're still part of my life so i'm really grateful of that and uh when i'm around people are with me like close friends i can just be myself and i don't have to worry about upsetting anyone or anything because they know the type of person that i am and i don't say things to purposely uh offend people i say things just a lot of the time how it is uh and it's like i think we talked before about you know people's perception that's that's the other person's how they're perceiving how they want to take it and if they take it as an offense that means that there's something wrong within themselves like do you know what you so, call, do you know, i'm not gonna cut you off but you know what's funny is that do you ever watch um the uh, comedian tim minchin he's the australian guy yeah the guy with the crazy hair and he plays a piano right i actually love him he's brilliant but he'd done a stand-up once and he's he was like saying all these what you would potentially say offensive jokes right and then he stopped halfway through it and someone like was bartering him or like talking to him from the audience. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just find what I say offensive? And the guy in the audience went, yeah, I find what you said offensive. And he went, well, that's your problem because being offended is a choice. Yeah. You, you decide to be offended by what I say. So that, that just picking up what you said there in terms of the, taking out how they take it. Yeah, totally, totally. It's totally right. Like, I don't know, many times I've been called a fat, baldy cunt, but... I used to annoy me and I was like, do you know, it's a, it's annoying me because they're right. That's why it's annoying me. They, I am a fat, baldy cunt and now I just embrace it. Um, you know, it does not offend me anymore. If somebody wants to call me any name under the sun, I'm like, I hope you have a good day. Because uh, it feels, it's almost like they're saying it because um, they don't have, or they're not settled with their own thoughts, so they feel they've got to do something that's going to potentially hurt you, so they feel good about it. And it's it's that kind of weird sort of paradox. Like, I had a situation last week, and I spoke about it in, in the podcast that I released earlier on today, where um, 
about what someone last week said to me they didn't like my attitude. His, his exact words were, um, you, you have to watch your attitude, son. Right. And I stood there and I looked at him. I'm in my professional gear. Right. So I'm in my suit, my work suit. And I looked at him and I just, I just literally came out of me and I just, I am not concerned about your opinion of me. It doesn't bother me. Okay. Uh, do you know what I mean? It was like, I don't care. Say what you want to say. <laughs> be how you want to be. But isn't that, that's a really a good feeling when there's nothing somebody can say to you to bring you down. Obviously, I'm on an open platform and I have been trolled before, like very bad, very bad, uh, to a point where I was just going to quit it all. When I started this, I was like, okay, there's nothing nobody can say to me that I already haven't thought about myself. You know, I hate my body. I hate my stretch marks. I hate that I was 18 stone. I hate it all this. I hate it that I had no hair. I hate it that my beard wasn't right. Well, I, I cut it off. Like, but uh, oh, that one now we 14 year old beard or something, is it? <laughs> oh, Jesus, sir. Look at it. It's shocking. Uh, you know, I've I've said all to myself, so there's nothing. The the only way I get angry is because somebody has reinforced the negative side I feel about myself. But uh, so you, know, you just have to be aware. I think you do, and like you, you can't take your too, yourself too seriously in this world either. Like, I mean, I don't know how many conversations I've had with people about you know having to put on a certain um persona of yourself depending on the situation that you're in you know like having to go to work the way that i go to work and have to change your mindset from i'm not gary on the street i'm gary in my workplace and I, i'm like no no i i can't i i agree with you in many ways like i've been going on this path of like trying to find out really who i am like looking at philosophy to try and do that and understand my thoughts and feelings and i would never have entertained that three four years ago now, I've I haven't been in a situation. I've been in a dark place. I haven't had depression, nothing like that. So I I can't say that was my trigger to make me do that. The reason why I done that and I went on that is because I've looked at everybody else and I thought I don't want to be like you. I don't yeah. want to be like you. I want to be like whoever whoever it is I am. I want to be that person. And I'm still in that that place now at the minute. But you see, whenever you were like when you were at your lowest of your low, like when you had those really bad thoughts and you look back and you think about having that ability now to really say, I don't really care what you think. Do you think having that low of the low, that, that experience down there has allowed you to have the attitude, the attitude you have right now? Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's probably much harder what you're actually doing, Gary, to actually dig deep into them negative thoughts about why you feel that way and why you feel this and how you feel like that. I didn't really have a choice. I had to scrape myself back up out of it so I fell into it like completely so I had to crawl back out and on my way back out I had to learn these aspects about myself where I can't imagine how I can't imagine how you're doing it because you have to dabble down into it and then how do you crawl back out of it so you're purposely having to put yourself in a negative state so to speak to figure out these things of why you are and why the person that you are today like it all comes from a negative event that's made you be the person that you are today and we all have different personality traits i don't believe 
with the study that I'm doing, I genuinely don't believe that we have a personality. I'll touch on that way. And uh, I believe that we have personality traits, traits of personality. Like I can never be the same person right now. I pause there for, for a purpose. I can't go back to that person because every day, every second, every voice, every word, you constantly grow. You have friends that bring out your different personality traits because not one of your friends will be the same as everybody else. And you have to think to yourself, why is that? Why are all my friends different? There's a reason. I read a quote um, a few few years back by a guy called David Hume, who's a famous philosopher from many years ago. And he said that um, we're all similarly unique because there's a sameness in our uniqueness so that we're all unique in many ways. Like, And that's the kind of thing that goes through my mind. And that's the way I think is like, I never really want to be likened to anybody to the point where somebody can go, well, Gary does X, Y, and Z, all of these things. And then the other person does X, Y, and Z and all these things and our, yeah. and our two checklists. So I, I never, ever want to be in that situation because that, that, yeah. that actually scares me that if I ever did get into that situation, that I'm not actually being, or at least trying to be as true as I can be. Yeah. And how hard, how, how hard, I'm going to ask you a question, how hard is it to actually be your true self? Do you know, how, when, long have you been, how long have you been doing it for? I have, well, I started, I read the book Start With Why by Simon Sinek when I was 30. So that process has kind of been going on. I'm 33 now, so it's been, what, three years. But what I was at the very start of that, I was very focused on trying to find out who I was as a football coach and not as a person. And then when you do that, you become too too specific and you drill down too much on that specific element of your life. And then you realize that that's not where it's all at. I abs- I'm immersed in football. I love it. It's everything about me that I, I, I don't think I could ever do without it. But what I was doing at that moment in time was driving me down a path of just focusing purely on football and not seeing what everything else was going on in life. So yeah. um, then in 2019, I lost two jobs, no, one job, I lost this, the job with the IFA in the January. And then I moved, <clears throat> excuse me, then I left my job that I had then. I moved down to Coleraine in the June 2019. I was in a relationship, didn't work. And then the start of 2020 was like, you know what, I need to try and figure out what's going on here because I don't see that there's no consistency in what I do and how I do it. It's just kind of like ab-living and just sort of living and going yeah. with the flow and having no real plan. So then in November last year, um, that's when I kind of, well, probably October time, that's when I sat down and thought, right, how do I do this? And then I found through a friend, I found the Stoic philosophy, Stoicism, um, and that's what I've been studying ever since. So that's where I'm at now. Of, and I'm, I'm, I'm so open and so free about if anybody asks me to see my journal, I'd be like, yeah, go ahead. I write it down day, every, I journal twice a day, evening and in the, in the morning. And if you want to read it, it's there for someone to read. But you're not going to get anything out of it because they're not your thoughts. They're my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like when I speak about it on the pod or when I speak to anybody else who asks me about it, I'm so open and honest with them because I know that the information I'm giving them is specific to me and they have no really ability to it unless they decide to draw their own connections to it. And that's a different story. Yeah. But it's my story. So yeah, why, yeah, why yeah, can't yeah. I stay it? Exactly. And there's one thing I, I want to ask you about what you said. Uh, because I am on, not a hunt, let's say, but if I don't know if you have many female listeners. 
I don't actually know what the breakdown is, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but one thing you said there, last year you had a relationship and it, it, it didn't work out. And then that led you into a path of like kind of uh, uh, seeking, seeking personal uh, uh, self-development. I <laughs> I have a theory. <laughs> I'm always very, I am very touchy around this situation as much as I, I would say I'm... I'm semi-feminist. I can't say that, can I? You I just that. did. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, like, I do genuinely believe when men fall in love, they fall deeper, fall harder. Yeah. Well, let's. Yeah. I I, I, I really do because that's what ha- that's how I got my mental health is that my relationship, my marriage broke down, and I just couldn't fucking comprehend, and I ended it. I ended it. And I still couldn't fucking comprehend this world. Yeah, it's and a lot. And a lot of people that I talk to, a lot of them is relationship breakdown. Do you know? Do you know what I think? I mean, I've done a lot of thinking about it, but and again, I'm not saying that I'm right or wrong, and this is just my own how I felt about it at the time. Is that when you when you invest so much into a relationship, and then even the small cracks that you go. Mm, is it working? Is it not working? You kind of paper over them because you go, I've put so much into this. I want to make it work. And then as those gaps and cracks get bigger and bigger and bigger, you stretch yourself emotionally even further to try and paper over those cracks until it gets to the point where those cracks are too big and you can't. And then you're just completely not really left going, well, what, what's going on here? Yeah. Why, why am I even in this situation? And that for me is like, that's, that's, I've only ever felt like that once. Previous relationships before that, <laughs> excuse me i mean it was too young or too immature or have ended that you know they came to their natural end in many ways there was never any kind of soul searching or anything like that um and what i think the other this, the flip side to that is that when you do get a chance like i've i've friends who have been in relationships who've been married or have been engaged and they've all in fact what happened during my time whenever my relationship ended there was five of my other friends who were either a married or engaged who split up it was five of us sorry in a year and our relationships ended um and we're i'm looking right now and thinking top of my head there's only two of us that are still single out of that group of five and uh it's like it was almost it was a weird thing like i mean what's going on like is it just a crazy year for breakups you just couldn't really comprehend and what you never do and i spoke about this before what I never do is I I've, I don't think in any of those five friends I've ever had a deep personal conversation. Now those those friends I would call my closest friends, and my cousin is is probably my my cousin Lee's probably my closest friend that I have on this earth. Although he's my cousin, he's I would he would say he's my best friend, and I've never discussed any of this stuff in depth with him. I would rather sit here with you over Zoom or somebody else yeah. random off the street and do. It's a weird thing though, isn't it? The what, thing why, is, why do we do that? I know Lee. <laughs> and i have had deep conversations with lee and he can have deep conversations but it's weird that you say that because i'm studying communication and counseling and it's it's i always want to go against the grain and i hate it when i find out that majority of the population never want to open up to their closest people with that i'm understanding why it's so easy for people to open up to me because they are like, Lee, I've just told you stuff I've never told anyone in my life. I'm like, look, big man, big woman, never worry about it. 
you could just dry your tears and it's fine. It's that's a common it's a common thing for me. Don't worry about it. And now I understand why. Like I really truly understand. I've it's been backed up now with in my own head why people just open up with other people. Like I can walk down a coffee shop and everyone's like, I, I had a girl that was like, uh, you know, tap, tap, tap on the shoulder. I was like, turn around. You're a mental health Billy. And I'm like, ah, yeah. Nice to meet you. Uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, I tried to kill myself last night, you know, come and talk. And I was like, I said to my, my mates, I was like, look, I'm going to have to go chat, chat to this person. You know, I'll oh, see you later. It's, it's, but it's great that you've got the openness and the awareness to do that because so many people could have, could very easily go, okay, uh, she's a bit crazy. Why would I even bother speaking to her? Do you know what I mean? Like some people can just oh, be like, fuck I. Just push that off and just say, well, what are you coming to me for? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, that, and that's, you need, I think you also, I think what you do is that, I mean, even I've only spoke to you, what, are we 30 minutes in or something like that? And well, we did speak for quite a while the last time, although I was showing you tactics and yeah, analysis rather than that here, you know. <laughs> anything else. But uh, what I'm saying is that there's a real, it's, it's a special trait that there's a real connection part of it that people just sort of seem to go, you know what? I know that I feel comfortable speaking. I think that's the key, isn't it? It's you have to feel comfortable and whatever it is you have, you have that ability to make people feel comfortable. Yeah, I know. And it's, you know, man, it's still so weird because as much swearing as I do, I don't know if it's because I genuinely don't try to hide myself, my, oh, I hate using the word authentic, transparent self. Uh, you know, I hate using them swear words. <laughs> I was hoping and, you get some of them out. <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, it's just, they're like, like, just see when I talk to you, I just feel like you listen. That's what it's like. They just, I was like, because I've asked like a couple of times, like, but why, but why me? But why me? They're like, Lee, whenever you're talking on your Instagram, on your stories and stuff, you just come across so normal. And I'm like, first of all, question mark, what the fuck's normal? And that's my response. I don't, I have tried doing these like really nice, educated, ah, man, I'm dyslexic. So I end up just sending a voice note. So that's it. I've already just broke that barrier about, you know, sending a voice note. I was like, you know what? I'm dyslexic. I can't write all these words that I want to say to you. So I'm just giving you a voice note or I throw you a wee video message. And that's the sort of, you just get the same with me. And I've yeah. went to these blogger events that uh, that I was interested in just to see like, what the crack is here. And uh, you get free, I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's like blogger Bloggers NI. It's ran by an amazing, amazing woman, Kathy Martin. Uh, she's really helped me a lot a few times. And uh, you go and pay like 30 quid or something and it's like you get all these like free goodies and stuff and all. It's like promoting things because you're an influencer and you're a blogger uh, so that you'll blog about it. Everyone was like, you're just the exact same as what you're like on your stories. You're so handsome. And I'm like, oh, right, okay, right, yeah. I uh, don't know how to handle that. Uh, <laughs> shit, I still don't know how to handle it. God. Uh, so they're like, you're just such the same person. I was like, uh, is that not how you're meant to be? Is that not what it's like? And then I realized, like, no, you're all just a bunch of fake people. Yeah, like, that's it. Like, it's what the hell? You're uh, like... I mean, like they are carrying ring lights around with them to take these classy pictures. 
I have <laughs> I walked home from Port Stewart once <laughs> when I was drinking, and I don't drink that often. I shared that I wasn't drinking that often, and I'm a bit drunk tonight. I was like, I'm a bit drunk tonight. <laughs> I woke up with all these messages, man. They're like, can we see Drunk Lee again? Can we see Drunk Lee again? I was like, no, because I don't even want to see Drunk Lee again. And I mean, like, it's not even, like, 10 beers would be, like, my way over maximum, like, way over. So you're talking maybe three, five beers and I'm getting tipsy. Like I'm way beyond tipsy. And I, I, I they're like, can we see Drunk Lee again? <laughs> so I, unknown to me, they're seeing all these personality traits and different aspects of me that I didn't know I was given. So they're constantly just vibing with me and just, uh, I feel all about that. <laughs> <laughs> a, good, a good one to share. I'm not, oh, I'm not telling you the story of the time that I left Kelly's early and woke up in the Bally Sally roundabout, but that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> oh, I've done that many days. Done that got, many days. Got to Corey and think, I can't be arse walking anymore. I'm just going to sleep here until the morning thing. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, want to, I want to pick up just on one point you made her, you know, right at this very start where you sort of said at school and things and how you went through that uh, and how you liked a wee bit of confidence and bullying and stuff. Because I've seen something you had on your Facebook the other day about um, children's children's mental health awareness week yeah. or, or day or something. And obviously yeah, you've, you've got young kids as well. Yeah. So would you speak to them about issues of mental oh, health? Oh, gee, I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, again, I only knew that it was mental health. I'm, you know, I'm being total transparent here. I only knew it was children's mental health because other people were posting it. And I was like, I didn't know this. So for me, it's a really good subject because during my really, really uh, horrible times, I wasn't allowed to see my kids. And then I was allowed to see my kids. And then my family had to make a decision that it wasn't good for them to see the state that I was in. So there I went back again that people had to help run my life like really actively run it so my daughter knows all about mental health i have taught her many things about what anger is and how she's a total feminist like i love i love her i like i love love her i love her mind i love her way of the world i love like she's in love with harry styles okay i respect this man because he wore a dress in some folk, is it, or something? And she was like, but why can't they wear a dress? And I was like, do you know what? Why the fuck can't they? She was like, because society tells you that only females can wear dresses. But why can females wear boys' jeans and the colour blue? And I was like, do you know what? You're 100%. I can't argue with you. You're 100% right. He's only not wearing that dress because it's classed as society says that it's a female thing to do i was like don't ever lose that i says one thing now don't she's 16 i was like do not lose that and she doesn't lose it she does not she's oh i could just talk hours about her you must have some great conversations with her then i I swear man see when she comes down uh there was one morning we we sat up to like three o'clock in the morning and she learned so much about the world that night and uh, because she just was able to speak and I was able to, because I'm obviously I'm an adult and I'm, I'm a parent. She's like, because we always have this perception of parents and adults and how they be. And I'm like, you know what? I 
might not believe you or might not, you know, take on what you say. But at the same time, I'm very open-minded. You know, I was like, do you know what? I can't argue against you. The only reason why I'd argue against you is because how I was brought up to, to say that's not right. I was like, so I can't because I don't know if it's right. I don't know if there's, and this is about space. You know, she was like, but what's in this? Like, we have space. She was like, but what's in here? I was like, just fucking, it's just fucking air. Like, it's just air. No, but she's, she's, what's in there? I was like, it's just fucking air. You can't see it. And she's like, she's like, but imagine there was colors in there. And that's like, how much would that be? And I was like, do you know what? You're frying my head, love. Like, I, I really can't, my brain can't yeah. figure this out. Well, that's, I, I love that because it's such a, an open mind and like an inquisitive mind oh, because again, amazing. I'm not, I don't want to get too sciencey on you, but there's a guy called uh, Tom Robinson. So Tom Robinson, have you heard of him? He talks, Sir Tom, Tom yeah, Robinson. Yeah. He talks, about, he, he passed no. away there last year. He talks about creativity, right? And he's a big, big advocate of how creativity um, is taught out of children. Not a hundred percent. Not taught in, not, not allowed them to be free. We're all like, we're always confining them into social norms and they've got to take that career and do this. And by the time they get the adult, they, it basically made, it made a comment. His quote is that the creative adult was the creative child that survived. You mm-hmm. know, like I love that. And what you're saying about your daughter and having those thoughts as abstract as they are about space and all this kind of stuff. I mean, that's just a fantastic place to be. Like I wish, I really do wish that whenever I was her age, I was thinking the same way because imagine how much more fulfilled that early yeah. stage of your life would be because you're not you're not just going out to the well it was Burberry's in our day wasn't it and tracks whatever else but um, you're not just going there just to you know fill out the friends um ambition to do that whatever else you and you get a free mind to think for yourself and as you're doing with their parents allow them to think that way then mm. i mean the world really is their oyster in many ways yeah like who am i who am i to say like she's really her see her and her friend group i said to her just uh, like on her birthday i was like do you know what you have you have the most amazing friend group that i've ever seen and people you're so individually different but also so collectively as one as amazing 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 people and different aspects and they are very much open all open-minded and if i call them the mean girls because if you don't fit into their group, you're dropped like that. Like they they will not social my daughter won't socialise with someone just for the sake of social for the sake of socializing. If she doesn't like you, she doesn't like you, she's not gonna, you know, batter up your feelings just to make you save face. Cause that's doing nobody a favor, you know, yeah. six months to six years down the line. Yeah. So just like, you know what, I just don't, you know. I just doesn't. She just distances herself from these people that she doesn't get on with, and yeah. I. Maybe that's just you know. I don't like to say it, but maybe that's a good thing because her parents are split, so her parents have two different personality types. So that is a, some sort of net a positive that's come out of of a, a split uh, relationship that she's seeing these types of people, two different types of people, and she understands what she wants to be around. Yeah. And her personal life, and it's amazing to me. It's, yeah. am- it's amazing to me. But it is, is it, it is a like an almost like an opposite to what you were in many ways. Oh, yeah, you know, when you're younger, which is which is it's kind of it's kind of unique because 
obviously she's from your gene pool and whatever else. And so it's like, you know, how has that developed? You could, you could talk about hours about that, but I do. And that, that's the part that, because when I seen that on your Facebook the other day, the mental health body, it's like, I have to ask him because I really want to know if this is something he discusses with his kids. Because uh, the other the other sort of part of that to add on to it is the clothing brand that you have is, is uh, Real and Raw. Yeah. Is that right? Um, so if, if you're not living that, you know, if you're not living that, that, that quote, that, that, that meaning in your life, then, you know, you selling that stuff really wouldn't align. But then you having those conversations with your daughter is mm-hmm. also you being real and raw and allowing her to be real and raw as well. Yeah. I, like, I constantly swear, as you know, and everybody knows, like, I am very, I'll let you into a wee secret, uh, an exclusive. I am 70% done of turning mental health belief into a charity. And uh, I was talking to some people like you might have to calm down your your uh, your swearing and stuff. And I'm like, but but do I? But you know, do I? Like really, do I? Uh, they're like maybe a tad. I said, but then I'm losing who I am. I'm losing who I am. You know, if I lose my swearing just because I'm talking to a fucking millionaire, I don't give a fuck. Like if he doesn't like it, sure. Look at Gary V. He can swear and cunt and fist the fucking amount of cunts as he wants. And everyone fucking loves it because he's being who he is. You know, the word fuck is a four letter word. That's it. It's just grammar. That's all what it is. And my son is sitting in the next room and he hears me say fuck all the time. I don't use the word bastard a lot or cunt a lot. I don't know. I don't. But... I would say it's very, you know, uh, there has come times when I'm angry at driving and I've come out with these words. Uh, but my door doesn't swear. Does not swear. That's her choice. Not mine. Her choice. She does not swear. I know why I, know why I swear because my mum put soap down my throat for swearing. So as soon as I was able to, I rebelled against it. All, of I, all I have asked my kids, I says, do not swear in front of me. And do not think that I'm stupid enough that you're not swearing outside. So just don't lie to me and I won't lie to you. My son knows all about my mental health problems. And he was like, just it was just the other day, he was like, why are you taking all them tablets? So I have like tablets for my mental health and then I have all like vitamin tablets. And I'm really looking at, I'm really looking on the inner side of my head and my gut. They're like two connected things. So, you know, I'm taking like turmeric tablets and stuff to help with the, the function of your your gut system and it, i was like son my head's sore that's just it you know you take a you have a headache and you take two tablets to help it i says well my he- my head is just constantly sick constantly sick so i take these two tablets i show them it's like these two tablets help me to live during the day that's what they do oh right okay is that is that it i was like yeah that's it that is it and I was like, my son broke his he broke his femur when he was younger. So I was like, you know when you broke your leg and everybody could see that? I was like, so nobody can see that I'm sick. Nobody can see that my head, because it's hidden, but these tablets help put that plaster over it. That's all. Ah, oh, right, okay. And then he just went on with his day. And it just says, Can I can you buy something Fortnite for me? Yeah, so- <laughs> That's how normal it is in this house. That's yeah. how normal it well, can you, be. But if you did make a whole big show and dance about it, it wouldn't. It would pass over his head, only because he's he's that young, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it just mm-hmm. it, that's just the way it is for them, you know. Yeah. And but the the expression as well, you know, you always say that you know the scars 
from mental health they're not visible and the way that you compared that to his broken leg was a good a good point mm-hmm. to do that but you know if you're if you're talking to him and he tells you maybe that he's feeling down or your daughter tells you she's feeling down or something's happened to them and maybe they feel anger you, you said earlier on about teaching them difference or what that emotion feels like yeah. you know anger and frustration like how do those conversations go because that's a really interesting one from someone who's come from a coaching background because i've seen it quite a bit in sport yeah see but i also come from a coaching background too and i'm a childcare uh assistant as well so i know how i know how children can learn so i can sympathize with the children especially if it's your own children i can i can see their body language more than what they say that's if anyone's listening and they have children look for the body language it tells you so much more about that person than what they're saying like if they're start playing with their hands or noticing or start touching their face when they're saying certain words we things like that can speak massive and it's all about uh open-ended questions first of all like just say like you always ask oh what do you do at school today that's a very shut question just change that right and say how was your school day and then they were like oh it was good we did this 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 then you ask a second question called probing question and it allows them to speak further about that situation and then you have freely speak about something else and something else and something else uh but yeah it's very easy for me to say that but put that in practice it's very very hard like my son knows now when he does his homework and like at the minute during lockdown he's becomes very agitated and frustrated and uh now he's more self-aware because i've because i'm using these words and agitated and frustrated and pissed off you know as like you're just getting pissed off and you're just getting pissed off and agitated and then i change the word from pissed off i just use agitated so then he's recognizing the word pissed off is actually i'm feeling agitated and anxious then that's I'm, I'm incorporating these words i'm incorporating the familiar words and then using what they actually mean so just today he comes back from his mum's and he's like dad i now know that i get frustrated after doing two bits of homework i was like son do you know what that's fucking amazing like i high-fived him and hugged him i says because the fact that you know that your brain can only take two bits of homework that's amazing that's like just do that and i says that's good and did you have a couple hours break then yep had a couple hours break and then me and mommy did some more stuff i was like do you know what son that is absolutely amazing absolutely amazing and i praise the i praise the fuck out of him when i see that he's recognized something and i just stop completely i utterly just stop and i say do you know and i turn i turn the serious voice on i was like do you know what son what you just showed me was really really intelligent like really intelligent really emotionally intelligent and uh usually with humans we're just like oh uh, well you know that's okay and i have to get clarification from them you know get verbal clarification like do you understand me how well how well that is instead of nodding head get verbal confirmation yes dad i know Uh, yes dad thank you that's they've took it on board they have took that on board and that will sit with them far longer than just a pass and comment. And and it's think, not worth it. I think they can they can find that, as you said earlier on, they have that um, the openness and the honesty that you have with them about your story and uh, the way that your do- your daughter's personality is now in terms of how she's 
getting a grip of who she is and who she wants to be. And obviously your son then asking those questions about your sickness and you've, you know, articulated it in that way you did. I think all of that with your university degree and your clothing line is only going to set them up on a path that they know that whatever happens, my dad's got my back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad's got my back, you know, and he's showing me that you can do what you want. Yeah. Because of his clothing line, because of his Facebook stuff, because of this your, your videos. I mean, I seen something the other day. You were doing your uh, your workout, was it? Yeah, we were doing workout with uh, what was it? We were doing was it salt? Not salt. Sorry, sugar bags or something. No, like sandbags. Sandbags. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, and we think like things like that where you're showing them like you know, I'm not scared to show people that this is physical hard labor, but I'm not scared to show people that I actually do struggle at times through it. But yeah. look, look at the good that can come from it. You know, and I, and I and you said earlier on about, about the quotes and stuff, and I went into that whole like phase where I was just memorizing quotes, right? And I was going, they, they meant nothing. Just you get to the point where I didn't, you, you, not that everyone does, but I got to the point where like it becomes an expectation. And when people know that you like to think deeply about stuff or that you read certain books, right? Then people have an expectation of you that you're going to have X amount of knowledge in that topic. So then whenever they come to you for that information and then you just fire off a quote off the top of your head and then you give them that little in- injection of confidence in you that you know what you're talking about when in actual fact you're just papering over the yeah. cracks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I yeah. got to that point where I was just quoting, 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 quoting and not understanding what the quotes were meaning. There's know? actual, uh, that's an actual uh, uh, psychology theory. <laughs> that's, there's a, it's called attachment theory. Is when you, you see, this is why a lot of, like when you're in university and a lot of students fancy their lectures, it's because they're in the spotlight and we see we see them people as higher, like superior to us, which attracts us, which is goes down to the whole uh like psychology of like human assistance. Like females want the most attractive person, they want the most person that gives off the best uh like factor, like for their offspring and stuff and that's why lecturers and and students and all come interconnected and bosses and stuff because it's just that connection automatically and uh yeah, yeah. when you have a lot of uh, knowledge you uh can well, be I, very attractive to the to uh well to certain that, that's, what, that's what i was saying i'm not too sure if it was knowledge or it was just me trying to be somebody that i wasn't and then whenever I went through it and there's only certain quotes I hang on that I hang on to now. And they're the ones that, that I really take a lot of, like you said earlier on, not being able to articulate how you're feeling and showing that phone to your yeah. person you're speaking to. That's, that's where I get now with quotes is that I know there's, there's certain quotes in my head that if I'm having a shit day or someone said something to me and has made me think, then I'll just bring it out and go, right. Okay. And then, you know, I'll talk through myself or I'll write it down in the journal or whatever it is. Do you know what it gets to the point now is that, when you're like, when I'm trying to make sense of something, right? Say if I'm trying to think of why I react in a certain situation, yeah. For whatever reason, like whatever I write down, I just seem to think about, oh, I can make a quote out of that, and then I just yeah. start. You know what I mean? It's like the other day, like this is probably going to sound absolute bullshit, and nobody's going to think anything of it. But the other day, I was thinking about conformity, right? Because I'm thinking about doing a podcast by myself <laughs> on conformity and how we shouldn't conform to social norms, right? And uh, let me join that. <laughs> So I was sitting at the table the other night, just sort of writing down ideas and research and stuff. And I thought to myself, there was, I, I kept coming to my head about a quality of life, right? That that idea, that phrase kept coming to my head, quality of life, quality of life. So then I just kept writing. And then I wrote something. I wrote that 
conforming to social norms will kill you quicker than, right? And I haven't finished it off. So I'm thinking alcoholism, drugs, whatever it is. I'm trying to basically say that if you conform to something, you lose who you are. And eventually that will lead you towards a path that when you get to your deathbed, you realize you weren't, you didn't live the, the life that you could have lived. But that's, yeah. that was just me just writing shit, just thinking about things that were going on. Like, and it just came out of nowhere. I, you know, I get like that and I could just, or I can see like the graphics of that. Like I can see, uh, like a pathway it goes on onto like a Y. So you've got one sign that's going conformity. Uh one sign has got like true self. And like you get the cheese. And that's just from what you said. I was like, that just that picture just created as more and more as you were talking. I was yeah. like, that's what I can see from that. But conformity, man, it's it's a horrible thing. Isn't it? A very, very horrible thing. And we lose a sense of I think it would go as far as we lose a bit of our soul when you conform. And it's all just to try and fit in because you don't feel you're worthy enough to live your individuality. And uh, I maybe want to spread that individuality of realm raw. Like, I I, I hate, I, I, uh, oh, I don't like conformity. Okay. Do you know what I'll do? you know what I'll do then? I'm gonna get in touch with you and record that that episode. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and we can I feel chat. I feel very strongly about uh, conformity and social norms, yeah. and uh, it well, gets me riled up. If I was to put you on the spot, then and just the end off the podcast, and if you were to give me like maybe one or two, I'm not gonna call them life lessons because I think they can be quite cheesy in many ways, but kind of one or two things that your life has taught you about life? Holy shit. It's deep, isn't it? That's a question and a half, man. What life has taught me? Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, it can end very quickly. It can end. My mum died of a sinus infection. Whoa. So it can end very quickly. You know, forget all this fucking COVID crap that's going about my mum died of a sinus infection. So it can end in an instant. I would go as far as like cheesiness to say, live for today. The past is in the past and the future is for the future. So live live for today. I wake up every morning and just try and be better than I was yesterday. I wake up every Monday hoping that I was better this week than I was last week. I wake up every month and say this month's going to be better than last month. I always try and move forward now, given the past that I had. Uh, see that the word I said it was had. Yeah, that's was that. that was different. I've never said that before. Given the past that that uh, I had, that uh, you have the power within yourself to to choose these paths. And I would always, always go with your gut. It never steers you very wrong. Mm-hmm. It might be wrong, but you're better being wrong now than being wrong in six months when it's a lot harder to get over with. Mm-hmm. A lot harder. And choose your friends wisely. Well, that's key, isn't it? That's the big one. For yeah. Me. And if you're a man, and I'm being really deadly serious here right now, uh, 
if you're a man and if anything like myself, you have females and you just want to be loved and want to be liked, don't just accept the first, second, third person that that finds you attractive and you start changing yourself to fit in, to conform to their to their likes. Because six years, seven years, eight years, nine years down the line, you will get tired of trying to be that person. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lee. Really, really appreciate you jumping on. Um, I will, of course, promote the page as well, put a little comments and stuff under it. So if anybody does um, have anything to say, I'm sure they can contact you. And like the other side of it too, is if anybody does have anything they want to talk about, um, then they can also catch you up and, and, and get in contact with you that way through your page. So thank yeah. you. No, thank you. And if anyone does have anything to talk about and they don't know where to go, please get in contact with myself or Gary. And uh, like I said, I'm an advocate. I'm a qualified advocate, so I can signpost you in the right direction if uh, nobody can help you there. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I wanted to jump on just to give a few closing remarks because it was quite an emotive episode and a lot of takeaways from me. Two main points uh, that I wanted to bring up was the first one was uh, when Lee was open and honest with his kids around his his own mental health and not hiding anything, letting them know what it is. And the conversation I thought he had with his, his, his son was quite sweet when he talked about the tablets to try and make him feel a bit better and the fact that, you know, in physical scars that you, you get from cutting your your knee or when you fall, when you break your arm, you know, they're, they're physical. People can see them, they're tangible. Whereas when things aren't quite right mentally, and as he put it, when his head was sick, he needed to um, give it something to make it feel better and the, the pills that he was taking and, the, and that he does take are almost like the plasters that, that help make him function daily basis and that was a sweet conversation because like I said it was so honest and open with his, his kids and I think that's one of the things and if we're going to break the stigma I think it's one of the things that we, we shouldn't hide away from is when we have those conversations and I also liked how he talked about the, the normal language that he uses like he said pissed off and what that actually meant so using that almost introductory language to suggest that this is an emotion this is how you think about it but actually hear what people might use the word that people might use so therefore if someone does use it you'll know exactly what they're saying and I have one more point just to make at the very end and that is the big one for me was that somebody can tell you that they're okay someone can speak to you and the words can sound as if there's nothing wrong but if you only focus on the words you're missing the majority of the cues and as Lee had rightly pointed out this idea of being able to pick up a body language your body will speak by its actions by its eye movements by its by the position of your hands, by the way that you sit, the way you stand, the way you walk and hold yourself. So there's much more to this conversation about mental health and how we approach these conversations with others than just purely in what they say. What they say, what the, how they act, and everything else is, is rolled up into one. If you want to find out some more information about Lee, I'd really suggest that you take a look at his Instagram and his Facebook pages at Mental Health by Lee, and you get all the information on there about what he does and how he diarizes his thoughts and his feelings. Like he says, I do write and I do journal. Um, but I do it physically in a piece of paper. He uses his platforms and social media to do his digitally and online as well. So all information's there. Plus, you can find out some information on his uh, real and raw uh, clothing line, which you'll be able to purchase or have a look at and be able to help him support the network that he's starting to build there as well. So thank you once again for listening. Again, if you know anyone who has a story that you think is 
worth sharing or if you've got a story worth sharing please do get in touch because we'd love to hear from you we'd love to keep this cycle going of people sharing their passions and their stories because it is really really it is really relatable and i'm going to, have to edit that bit out that was going well there um so if you have anything you want to share with me please get in touch through my own personal pages through the think curiously pages and uh, we'll see you next week thank you